Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mindful You podcast, where we travel down various metaphysical paths that have been explored by our guest. My name is Alan Carroll, and I have been a student of mindfulness and meditation for many, 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 many years. And I am pleased to bring to you today Bo Maxwell. She lives down in the southern parts of Colorado, a place called Durango. And she describes her work, her point of service, as the result of being a very down-to-earth mathematics major, follow the directions point by point by point, and this metaphysical woo-woo stuff, nah, that's not, that's not real stuff. That's not real science. She had an experience, though, that she shares with us that changed the whole thing. When her grandmother died, thousands of miles away, almost instantaneously appearing before her for three or four seconds was the experience of her grandmother being present with her. She says it was like maybe like 70% solid, 10%, 30% sort of waves and but there was definitely her grandmother. It was definitely she wore something. And that really woke her up to a, an experience that there was something other than the physical reality. There was also a metaphysical reality. And so she began to explore. She began to work in that area. And she developed a, a methodology that she shares with us called the SAGE method, where she, over a certain period of time, you develop that intuitive muscle inside of you, that mindfulness muscle, that space of, of unknowing and being in that space and sharing the results and experiences of that space. And so it's exciting for me to be able to bring to you this wonderful clarity. Also, when she speaks, she, she speaks with a, a sense of, I have experienced it, and I can clearly articulate what I experienced. And so I'm sure you'll be as impressed as I am with our guest, Bo Maxwell. And please welcome her to the Mindful you podcast welcome bo maxwell to the mindful you podcast 
I am happy to see you and excited to have you share your stories with our audience as you have journeyed down your paths of mindfulness and spirituality in that I call it almost like the healing arts business. It's everything is everyone seems to be end up being teachers and healers and different names, but it's something to do with healing and teaching. So I'd like to open up the the microphone and have you come on up and share your little background, Bo, of what events were like wake up calls that really caused you to say, whoa, something's happening here that I wasn't aware of. And you began to explore that space. So I'd like to open it up and have you share a little bit of your story. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I really had a shift in life absolute shift in life. And I love how you say everyone becomes, you know, teachers, coaches, mentors, things like this. I think that's such an important part of bringing community back together. So thank you for having me here. Uh, Now, my journey was a little different, just in the sense that up until 32 years old, I was a complete, I was a complete skeptic. I wasn't actively pushing skepticism or trying to prove anyone wrong. I just didn't have any time or, or interest in religion or spirituality or anything that was invisible. Anything that fell into that category that didn't fit the science mold for me just wasn't real. There was, there was no way. And to the point where Alan, I was a, I was a math major in college. Like this was how I functioned, you know, I ran businesses and such. So 32 years old, I've got two small kids and I'm on one side of the country and my grandmother's on the other side. And, and sadly she passed. Now I was on the phone with the family. I was very close to my grandmother and I was on the phone with the family. They were in the the actual hospice room with her. So she was surrounded by family and I couldn't be there, but I could at least listen and be present. She passed. I hung up the phone my family said, roll, run to the store for snacks for you and give you a minute. I was like, thank you. It was the middle of the day. And I remember standing in the living room feeling like I was going to absolutely just fall apart. We knew it was coming. Everyone understands this process of grief. But I, I was standing there and I thought, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll look for airline tickets instead, right? Maybe I'll distract myself. And I'm standing there and she showed up right in the middle of the living room and right in front of me too. I know that a lot of us, we catch things out of the corner of our eye. And I get that question quite often. Did it, did she wish out of the corner of your eye? She was right in front of me. She was about 70% solid. So there was no way that I could brush that off or deny that that was happening. And we're talking standard cream colored apartment, cream colored floor, cream walls, like, and then she's right there. I remember jumping backwards and it was a panic at first because this was not in any realm or concept that I would even have entertained. And I remember saying to her, if that was you, don't do that again. And then I remember feeling bad that I said that. Say that again. (laughs) You said to yourself. I said out loud, if that was you, don't do that again. Oh, to scare you like that. You just don't even do this as I don't want anything to do with this. And that was my reactive reaction to it was sort of a stop. No, 
Yeah. Um, and then, and then she, and she left, she was there for probably three seconds. So not long enough to engage in any sort of conversation. She winked at me. She smiled. Now I know that she thought she was cute as a button when she did it. But at the time, it was really frightening. And so I sat down, calmed down. By the time I, <laughs> by the time I calmed down, I was sitting on the floor, leaning up against the wall. Because I don't know, for some reason, the wall was, a, you know, nothing can get you behind a wall, right? Whatever. So... I was running through all of the pop culture movies in my head. And I just, I told myself it's grief. You just manifested a hallucination. It's grief. It's fine. Didn't say anything, went to bed the next morning uh, over breakfast. My husband at the time said, you know, I had this super realistic dream of your grandmother and this is what she was wearing. And it was exactly what she was wearing when she was in the living room the, the night before the day before. And I thought, okay. <laughs> then I started to feel these almost roller coaster rushes that would go through my body that I had never felt before. And I found the the one person that I thought I could talk to around spirituality. And it happened to be a local Tai Chi instructor that I didn't even really know. And I remember going up to him and saying, you know, and, and he's such a kind man because wow, imagine this coming at you. But I remember walking in saying, okay, you're the strangest person I know. Can you help me? And uh, we laugh about that now. We laugh about the inappropriate way I approached him now, but um, I didn't know what to do. My circle of friends, nothing, not even remotely close. And he helped me. He helped me with yes and no intuition. And I started to communicate with her. That's certainly a... Uh, a a different pattern, a different. Uh, you lived in a world of mathematics, logic, mm -hmm. organized one, two, three, four, kind of thing, and all of a sudden, this this metaphysical experience appears, and the immediate the immediate reaction it sounds like was, uh, I "Haven't seen anything like this before. I need to protect myself." So you step back from mm -hmm. fear. But then when your grandmother winked and smiled, which you can remember now, uh, she was just giving you a, a blessing. Uh, Absolutely. And she I was saying that, goodbye. Yeah. Even as, as, as I say it, I feel the blessing of your yeah. grandmother uh, as, it, as it comes through you in this moment. Uh, because there's something about the timelessness and time and that event is happening right now. Yeah, what do you mean? Well, I feel something right now in, in your sharing your story about your grandmother, uh, which wasn't there before you started to share your story about your grandmother. Um, yes. and, and to me, uh, that is a, a channeling of energy uh, that's available for you to, you know, bring that to other people. Absolutely. Uh, and it's a little challenging to explain uh, that timeless Time versus timeless space, where everything is already happening, everything is right now. Uh, and I would love to have you, if you, if you want, take a shot <laughs> at explaining uh, the timeless dimension versus the time dimension that the ego lives in. How does that sound? Oh, absolutely. When I started to, I asked for proof moving forward. I didn't see her again right away. And I kept pushing her for proof. 
Uh, she eventually gave it to me. And I think some of that helped me to relax in. Once I relaxed in, I started to communicate more with other spirits, uh, um, spirit guides. And I started working with my main teaching guide at the time. This was like 18 years ago. And uh, he taught me about linear time. And once I grasped the concept of linear time, it opened up so many doors way beyond anything that mathematics could have ever even invited me into. And I think that when we understand our reality here on linear linear time, that part of the purpose why we're here is to anchor into linear time. It really shifts our perspective. It does a whole lot of things for us. It helps us to understand that, yes, on the other side, there's not linear time, which means our higher self isn't watching necessarily over us every day, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like we're experiencing for the higher self perspective, it chooses to have a life, sends the life down and the life comes back up and and it collects all the information because everything that has happened in that life, everything that will happen has already happened. It's the act of putting ourselves into the physical body that is the anchoring into this timeline. And when that happens, it disconnects us from being able to see that full vision of the entirety and the deeper purpose of the whole entirety of one lifetime. This is where spirit guides are very helpful. Our loved ones, our ancestors, we could even say on the other side, it's very helpful to communicate with. This is why I'm so passionate helping people to open up to their intuition because We're not alone on this linear timeline. We might have popped ourselves into a physical body in order to be in it on purpose, but we have guides, we have teams, we have, you know, the essence of our higher self that knows everything that's going to happen as well, that we can tap into and ask for insight and guidance through our intuitive channels. So it was really important for me to learn you know, the the difference between linear time and nonlinear time, because linear time is this just delicious gift that we have here. The, uh, uh, you were talking about the, uh, if I wanted to catch the thoughts, uh, we have the uh, present, being present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, in mindfulness, one of the characteristics of mindfulness is the, Ability to be present without labeling anything, without yes. judging anything, with no concepts. There's no. There's no. Oh, I know what that is. I know what that is. I know what that is. Uh, and 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 I and I was listening to Musi talk about the that he called it a, a a potential. It's like always. It's like a creative potential where you can do whatever you want, um, and you're not you're not being controlled by the conditioning of your past you're able to be present by sort of in the moment able to erase all all the thoughts and all the judgments and just look at the empty space where everything just is um and mm-hmm. and so i'm interested in in having you talk about that too i wanted you also before i forget i i wanted you to talk about the okay uh, spirit guides What's a how do how do I out here in the middle of nowhere uh, get a spirit guide to help me bridge the gap uh, between the the time dimension and the timeless metaphysical dimension where my being or my or, or my spirit lives? So um, practical tips. 
So take a shot at those questions. <laughs> well, for the first question, what really bubbles up for me is how we hold ourselves in this existence. And this is where opening up our intuition and becoming mindful, getting into that centered space, that is an observational position. And when we are purposely being in an observational position, we have more control over the wheel. So my analogy for this would be the physical body is like a car, our spiritual body is the driver of the car, or at the very least, just sitting in the car. As we grow up, we are we are told where our car goes, where the car should, should go, shouldn't go, how fast it should drive, how it should handle the road. The car is really that that the human existence of ourselves, that this is how we act. This is what we do. This is all of our personal programming. And when you get into that observational perspective through mindfulness, through tapping into your own intuitive source, you start to take, you start to slide over from the passenger seat into the driver's seat and you grab that wheel and you're like, all right, well, I haven't driven this entire vehicle before, but now I am. And what happens for people at that point, it's first off, it's uncomfortable. You know, I'm old enough to barely remember learning how to drive, but I still do. And it's it's an uncomfortable transition sometimes in some ways. But once you get the hang of it, once you start to realize, wow, I am creating, I am taking a left or a right, I am deciding where I want this vehicle to go, I am manifesting and I am you know, um, letting my path unfold the way I want it to unfold. Once you have that, more of that control over the wheel through mindfulness and observation, it becomes a little bit um, fun. I guess that's the way I, I want to say it. It's it's a little bit more enjoyable. It's a little bit more of, you know, I volunteered to do this and now look at what's possible. And then the possibilities start to unfold. And, and and what would this look like? This would look like um, having more ease in manifesting, um, worrying with the mindfulness, worrying less about the past, worrying less about the future and being present in that, that metaphorical vehicle. It looks like getting a lot of signs and starting to see the signs. Because before you were just sitting in the passenger seat and whoever was driving it was just driving it and it was taught to drive on its own and go where it needed to go. But now you're paying attention to the signs. You're you're deciding where you want to go. And you're feeling what that feels like to actually drive your vehicle in this lifetime. It's very powerful. Now, people say, well, if you know the guides and the higher self and such know everything that's already happened, isn't it already set in stone? Then we don't have free will. This is where math kind of intersects for me. And I, years back, uh, after opening up, I dove really far into the mathematics of you know the universe and things like this and started to see the connections and how they lined up. And we really do have unlimited parallel, um, I, don't, I don't know that I would want to say universes, but paths. And every choice we make, we choose whether to go this path or that path, but all paths are available, like all of them. There's a me that didn't get home in time to get online with you and and miss the appointment and we rescheduled it. You know what I mean? So all of those are all also happening as as well, all at the same time. Those are just really hard to kind of conceptualize for ourselves. So the best thing we can do is get into that mindfulness, that centered that you speak about and 
be in that observational place where we have control over which paths we want to take. Just, I hope that makes sense. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I, you're talking to the choir here. Uh, I, I, I know that you, you understand mindfulness on such a deep level. I was like, this, this will resonate. Um, and then the other question. Oh, Sec- the second question it. was, what's the second, what's well, the second question over there? We're, we're exercises okay. that we can do, but yes. we'll go back to the, go back to the question that you're answering right now. Yes. The, you, you, you said observational position, was it? Observational mm-hmm. position. Yes. And, and that to me is a, it comes up a lot. People say it differently. Mm-hmm. Yet, what you're saying is that you're now observing something that you weren't observing before. And what you were observing before was unconscious. You weren't even aware of observing or not observing. Then all of a sudden you create psychologically, metaphysically, you create the, I call it the fifth element. The fifth element is space. Earth, air, fire, and water is the physical world. And space is the metaphysical world. Well, what's that? Well, all the meditation and the yoga, it all start trying to create some space because, because if you can create the space, you can then observe. You mm-hmm. can't observe unless there's a space. And most people, the ego doesn't create space. Ego creates, I want things to fill the space. And what you're saying is absolutely uh, parallel exactly uh, what every guru I've ever mentioned or seen or felt says, hey, there's a space of observation where you wake up and you realize that you can see the thought, but you don't have to be seduced by the thought. And mm-hmm. you can choose what thought you want to think. And thoughts create, thoughts are manifesting. So why don't we create that you're, you are a divine being and I'm a divine being and we're sharing the divine love of the Lord between us right now. And that's the way it is. And it's like, what? I can do that? If you can observe it, you can do it. So I'm, I, I, I clap my hands. I, I haven't, I haven't heard it even expressed as, as clearly. You have a, a clarity to the, to the trumpet that you play. Um, and it's a uh, very, very nice to hear how you, how you, you, you link the sounds together and you, you create, cause it's an abstract conversation. And, it absolutely is. And having yeah. that math background just gives you a, a, a trump to be able to play a, play a better hand. Uh, so going back to the second question was, well, how can I contact my spirit guide? Spirit guides are a absolutely wonderful thing. There was something that came up and I want to te- take a moment to to come back to it because I was really present with you. And then you said it and I was like, I have to remember to (laughs) um, think about this thoughts. There we go. I talked about the infinite number of paths that we can take at any point. That is the same thing as saying there's infinite thoughts that we can choose to have. And I really wanted to hit that point for, for the listeners to go, okay, now I can see how I can access the paths. The paths are your thoughts and your choices. And when you, when you, I don't want to say control your thoughts, but choose them like you were speaking of, you're really choosing your path. And then you're choosing the direction of what you want to manifest and bring into your life. So I just want to kind of line that up. Cause I was like, wow, we got a one plus one is two here says the math girl, but 
Absolutely. The, the, you, you choose uh, the, the, the thoughts are like bricks and yes. you choose what bricks you want to build in front of you. If you want to build the ego brick of me gets everything and you get nothing. All right. You can build that, that, that uh, temple, but that's a temple of pain. Um, or, or you can also build a brick in which you, in which you practice love, compassion, and joy in the way you speak and forgiveness and letting and, and not holding on to grievances and and and, exper- and experiencing that one. And now you've built a different reality for yourself. And this is a brickless reality in which there is no bricks, there is no walls, there is no one point of view anymore. You are you are the sky rather than the clouds. And to me, mm-hmm. the, you you talked about the. You you incarnate into the body and you sort of have a one perspective. And then when you disincarnate, that's the right word, all of a sudden you have a universal awareness of of of, of it all, that you're just you're the all with everything rather than just something in the space of the all. You are the all. Who I am? Well, yeah. you know, and, and so and to you me, can, that's and you can yeah, you can touch that just gently during your lifetime as well. The way that I explain it to my students is there's three bodies that you have. You've got the physical body. We know what that is. You have the spiritual body, which is your spirit, your soul. We know what that is. And then you have what's called the programming body. That is your mental mind, your tendencies, the training, the um, it's the brain. It's it's this is how I do things. It's not the personality, but it is the programming in this agreed upon reality. My programming mind says that my name is Bo, that I'm five foot six, you know, like these, this is what the programming body does. So another way to approach this observational point of view when you're when you're still here in the in a meditation type state is to in some way, picture those three bodies and pull back from that and and pull into the spirit and look through spirit eyes instead of programmed eyes. Look through spirit eyes instead of the physical eyes and uh, see where that brings you in your in your mindfulness practices. So there are three bodies. We're talking mm-hmm. about the physical body. We're talking about the spiritual body. And then we got into the what came up for me was your conditioned body, the body that that tells you this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is bad. It tells it tells you it, it describes everything. It tells you what's so about everything. And that yes. to me is your the thoughts inside your head, the voice inside your head. Yes. And when and, and when you can create the space, there are it, it, it aerates the space it air it it air it, it, it you have the 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 cold that's the 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 soil is hard and compact and 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 doesn't doesn't grow anything but when you can aerate it add air and space it, it allows it to breathe and receive oxygen um, and and to me just off the top of my head that's a big benefit of meditation meditation Huge. is the aeration of the thoughts that you think um, and yeah. and that just Allows you to relax physically. Relax. You talked about what are the characteristics. Definitely, when you begin to practice space creation or breathing or yoga or whatever, you have these times where you become present and a wave of relaxation mm-hmm. comes through you. And that, to me, is an indicator that you're going in the right direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a very powerful way of being. And I remember working with a student who struggled in pulling back from that that programming mind, the 
the um, conditioning, uh, pulling back from that. Because when you're in that programming mind, when you're in the the very human state, you're being pulled and you're constantly going with the pull left, right, left, right, left, right. And you got to pull back in order to take a breath, give yourself that space. And I remember we, we were talking and my big thing is, is come up with creative ways for yourself to try to achieve these things that you're trying to achieve. It usually happens faster than following step-by-step. And we were coming up with a creative way for her to kind of get out of that. And she said, you know what? My programming mind is a kid. It's a 10 year old and I'm, my spirit is me and I am the adult and I'm going to love that 10 year old. And that perspective shift for her just was huge. And then what she was able to do is pull back and see what was working and what wasn't working for the, her programming mind, the, the, you know, the, the, what's the word you used before that was so great that um, the training, you know, Conditioning. I said it was the conditioning. conditioning. That's it. That's the word. She was able to pull back from the conditioning, see the conditioning from the perspective of her being the grown adult and her conditioned self being a younger version of her. And she was able to parent that younger version, love that younger version, but even better in time. We talked about this again, and she was able to step into that younger version when she wanted to. When she was at an amusement park with her kids, she wanted to go on the roller coaster. She did. You know what I mean? Like she let herself be fully human in those times that she really wanted to be human. So it's when people can reach that balancing act of don't let go of being here. We're here for a reason. And please absorb all of the deep experiences that come from this earth-based linear time but also give yourself the ability to be able to kind of pull back from that and see it with more clarity. Absolutely. The image comes to mind is Sadhguru talked about a frying pan and he said some frying pans are made with Teflon and some frying pans are made with no Teflon. And so you, you want to experience everything, but don't get stuck with anything. (laughs) Allow the, allow it to flow through. And what happens is people get something that rewards that conditioning and now they want to keep it. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, in, in Buddhism, they talk about everything is impermanent. Uh, so mm-hmm. your, your desire to hold on to something is like holding on to a bunch of sand in your hand and you grip it, but it just drips. And that creates the suffering that people feel because if I've identified myself as something that's disappearing, that I don't feel very good. However, the idea of the, of the observation it, it, you can see the thoughts, you can see the emotions, but you're not the thoughts, you're not the emotions, you're the observer, uh, the witness, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the empty space of nothingness. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's extremely relaxed. It just, and out of that space comes compassion. Come Because you see other people gripping the sand and you're saying, hey, you don't have to do that. You don't have to grip the sand. I want to grip the sand. I need the sand. <laughs> I need the sand. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I will say that uh, before opening intuitively, uh, I was far less compassionate than I am today. And, you know, there's, there's no shame in that. It's, it's a wonderful thing to like step forward in your life and look back and go, wow, I've come a really long way. I would go back again 
There's a lot of bumps that came with it because when you decide to step into this mindfulness space, you start to see things and become aware of things, your patterns, the patterns around you, who's around you. And those things are uncomfortable. And to anyone listening, please keep going. Please, please keep going because there is light on the other side of that. Um, and push through that discomfort. If you have the discomfort from awareness, you're already there. You've already got your 95% there. You just got to take that next step. And there was a lot of those that were uncomfortable in, in the transition of, you know, where I was to where I am today, but I do it over and over again. I would do it over and over again. I find such joy in my life now. I didn't know how much joy I didn't have, if that makes sense. The, the 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 space of mindfulness is where the joy and the bliss and the relaxation and the buddha nature because buddha is above the intellect so you're going beyond the thoughts that you think and in in, in india they have something called uh, a, a mukti and mukti is the enlightenment it's the idea of there's the thoughts that you think and then is there another space on the other side of the thoughts that you think? And mindfulness for me is, is the journey to realize that I'm not the, I'm not the cloud. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to let the cloud go rather than cling to the cloud. Um, and, and to me, and, and of course, I'm, if we're going to solve any of the issues that are facing us in this moment, now with all the stuff coming at you there's a constant stirring up of the thoughts Uh, you you watch the news I I was watching the news last the other night I don't usually watch the news I was visiting somebody Uh, am I watching the six o'clock news of the major televisions what they wanted us to see uh, yep actually physically made me I, I, I was becoming a little sick Physically, mm-hmm. it's like this is this doesn't taste good at all. Why are they showing me these things? I I, I don't want to see it. Uh, and so mindfulness, the breathing. Uh, so so this before we complete, let's let's go let's go for uh, what can I do uh, to uh, become more mindful and to contact my spirits guides? Is, is there a suggestion about a, a practice I can do or a place or a book, something yes. that would open up and allow me to further go down that path? Yes, I would absolutely love to share that. I, I, I share this with um, anyone that I can because it's a it's it's easier than we think it is and we've got a lot of pop culture telling us that these strong intuitives are quote gifted and unusual and that other people are not as intuitive and that it cannot be further from the truth intuition is absolutely natural i've taught tens of thousands of people across the globe and just watched people open up so it's not it's not a special thing now with the guides uh, in general, guides are sometimes loved ones who have been here with you and then crossed over and watched over you from the other side. But guides on the other side are part of what I call like our soul group. And they might not have come down in this lifetime with you, but maybe they've been in other lifetimes with you. And it's their job to watch over your path. You make the decisions on the general feel for what you want to happen in your lifetime. You create the blueprint 
But when you're here on earth is when you filled all of the blueprint details in, but your guides on the other side who are not limited by linear time, they know the direction you're headed and they know the best way for you to go. They're going to show signs and try to assist you in getting there. So we all have them and we have different guides at different times. Uh, depending on what we're going through in our lifetime. Sometimes we have a guide that's with us for our entire life. Sometimes we have a guide that's with us for just a portion of it. There's no set number of guides. There's no uh, really rules or regulations on it. Uh, that's a very kind of limited linear timeline thought process uh, with a certain number and certain timing. So stay open to who uh, who might come through, put it that way. Now, in connecting with them, I ask people to think in terms of a concept. What we're looking for intuitively is in between the molecules. What we are looking for intuitively is in between the solid. And right back to what I was mentioning before, when you see something out of the corner of your eye and you turn to look at it, you don't see it when you turn to look at it. And I can tell you exactly why. It's because when you turn to look at it, your physical eyes are searching physical objects around you. You are focusing on the material. You are focusing on the solid and you're focusing on the molecules. What you saw out of your peripheral, which by the way is blurred, is not focused, is defocused as a matter of fact, that is what's in the in-between. That's actually what you're looking to see. So intuition, spirit guides, loved ones, messages, it's not in the material world. So my number one uh, piece of advice to people who are going to start using their intuition is sit down, sit between you and a blank wall, and you know nothing on the wall preferably, and allow your gaze to defocus. When your eyesight is focused on something, you are in this material world. You are not going to get intuitive information. When your eyes are relaxed and you open up to the spaces in between the material, that is source. That is, and there's a whole bunch of different words for that all across the globe. But in essence, that is source. That is where everything that we're trying to connect with is. <laughs> well, let's go down that one. Okay, uh, yes. The uh I I do the way I the way I play mindfulness in order to find that molecule, the empty space between the molecules is I train speakers. I train speakers I I, I give them one tool and they've never used the tool before. But if you can practice the tool, uh, you will transform your ability to speak and will also accelerate you down that path of mindfulness. And the tool is to realize that the, that the, that you may not control the thoughts that you think, but you can control the thoughts that you speak. So I can control the timing of my speaking. So when I speak, I, I speak, and then there's these empty spaces of not speaking. It's called a pause. Mm -hmm. And so I take the thing, and I, and I tell people that as you create that space between the molecules, between the sound bites, between the vibration of, of the sound bubble, mm -hmm. you, you, you touch the infinite. 
because there's nothing in that space. And you're no, you're, you're no longer a bubble in the ocean. You become the ocean. Uh, and all you got to do is practice disrupting the automatic pattern of your conditioned speaking. Uh, and that will free you from mm-hmm. the from the grip of the of, of the ego, because that's who you're speaking for. You're speaking for your conditioned identity, and if you can consciously cut the cord of that mm-hmm. pattern, uh, you wake up from the dream. Mm-hmm. And and so I, from the very beginning, uh, I wrote the word dream. Uh, your grandmother appears. It's, it's almost like a, a dream. So, so let's just, uh, so what I said about the, the space between the sounds, is that the same as the space between the molecules? That space is really everything that you and I have been connecting on in this session. It is uh, the, the, the space in between, the pause, the observational view, they're all the same thing. Yes. And exactly what you just you just worded it uh, really eloquently when you said, um, I'm not going to be able to. Re- I stay so focused that then you go back to think about what the person said and you can't grab the words that they used. But- I hear you. <laughs> I, my my memory of uh, I, I hear what you're saying. Yep. And mm-hmm. I say, yep, that's exactly right. Unless I go in and stop and then say what I want to say that thought fades away. It does. And, and so then I took, I got a new thought. And yep. so I, I noticed that the thoughts fade away, which is actually pretty cool, uh, because then you realize that the thoughts that don't fade away, you're feeding them. Uh, and, and Eckhart Tolle talked about the thoughts are, are life support. You give life support to your thoughts. Take life support away, and those thoughts that you were manifesting Yes. Disappear. And that is available to everybody. Everybody can make thoughts disappear, but most people think the thoughts are real and and, and important and got to hold on to them. Got to hold on to them. Invite yourself to break the pattern. That's kind of what what I was hearing from you earlier, talking about the pattern and and the stopping it and breaking away from it. When it comes to intuition, the pattern is an expectation of seeing things the same way we see here. The pattern is searching. When we're searching for something, we have a lifetime of training our eyes to land on different things to find what we're looking for. That's the pattern to break. If you want to start accessing your intuition, see, feel, hear, taste, smell different things that are coming through from source, from guides, from loved ones, from however it comes through for you, you have to break that pattern. You have to stop yourself, catch yourself and say, I'm too focused. I need to relax my gaze. I need to give myself that space. I need to give myself that pause. Yep. That's wonderful. That's the uh, I, I, 100% agreement uh, with the idea of of when you start practicing it uh, you, you you don't take you don't take things personally too much anymore. Uh, and uh, you have more fun as you said. Mm-hmm. You're more at ease. Uh, you you don't need to always be defending your opinion and point of view. As a matter of fact, 
you know, it's rarely, you know, do I, is it really important to assert my opinion or my point of view about something? Um, and so you're more relaxed in the moment. And I, I, and I think it, well, it, it affects you physically. Oh yeah. Uh, the thoughts that you think create the physical body. And so if you think anger thoughts, it creates diseasing kind of things in your body. Is that also your experience? Absolutely. Absolutely. I have been uh, healthier overall, all around mentally, physically, all of that by following a spiritual path, really, and being present with myself and paying attention to myself. You know, I was I was raised in that stereotypical people pleasing type role. You know, I mean, I'm 50. I'm of that generation where, you know, but you figure it out and it starts to feel good, mind, body, and soul. And then you move toward what feels, what feels right. And that space feels right. And it, it does, it brings health. Yep. Yep. Uh, Physical health, emotional health, and mental health. Uh, And spiritual health. It's just a, it's a, it's a healthy lifestyle to me. Uh, well, thank you, Bo. Before we go, uh, if if people want to connect and reach out and contact you, uh, we'll have the show notes available in the podcast also. Yet, what are some of the ways that you can just tell us right now how we can reach out and, and connect with you? Well, we do a great job at keeping everything in one place for people. It's the website. It's the Sage Method. So T H E S A G E Method dot com. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, Sage, <laughs> Sage. <laughs> I, well, uh, th- th- you you developed something called the Sage Method. Yes. Okay. Yes. So give me give me the give me the the the, the couple of sentences, and then we're complete. The Sage Method is a seven-week training course on opening up your intuition. It is what I did with those guides in the first couple of years of my own development. So if you can take someone like me and open me up to to the level of intuition that I've been able to attain, (laughs) the Sage Method course helps people do that for themselves as well. Well, perfect. That would be exactly in alignment with what we've been talking about. Well, what can I do in order to strengthen those muscles? Well, this is a vehicle that you can ride in for seven sessions with uh, with Bo and 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 expand expand your your intuition, which to me comes with that mindfulness, relaxation, yes. melting yep. into the nothingness. All of a sudden, you you get you get touched with creativity and intuition and things that are just opening up and no longer suppressed and being held down. Sounds absolutely. Sounds wonderful. Well, Bo, obviously we have a wonderful conversation and talking with you is, is talking to a fellow traveler uh, down, yes. down the path who has seen things and experienced things very, very similar. And so it's been a fun and a joy to have the opportunity of meeting you and, and having you say, and having you share your your sage wisdom uh, with the Mindful You audience. Thank you so much for having me. And we'll say goodbye for now. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. And please catch us on the next great episode of the Mindful You podcast. And please share us with your friends and fellow travelers on the path.